Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Yeah, oh, that tweet you sent the other day, I thought you seriously had no idea what the Mandela effect was. So I thought I didn't know what it was. Yeah, so I'm like, I was like nerd out. I'm like, oh, we're gonna get him introduced to this. <laughs> He's gonna learn no, so much. We we talked about that. Oh, you were there for that. Okay, yeah, you were there for that particular conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we talked all about the Mandela effect at the, one of the Woodstock tweet ups. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked. About- I, I made a tweet the other day about uh, thinking it had been like the third time that Billy Graham had died. And, oh. <laughs> and tagged it as Mandela effect, and Ben said, "Well, that would be more like Lazarus effect." And then I went on this like paragraph long explanation of what uh, the Mandela yeah, really effect was, <laughs> thinking he didn't know. You, stop being a schmuck! I, I know what the Mandela effect. Is. I called you know Lazarus effect because I thought he maybe came from the dead, and, and I don't know, but it's just kind of funny that you like no, you literally sat down at a conversation. They apparently listen to me. This is a real thing. I know it's a real thing. All right. It is the Cigar Tipsters podcast. I am Junior. Seniors here with us, as is Ben and, of course, Alan, the Cigar Savant, excuse me, Cigar Savant Friedman. And we have a very special guest joining us tonight. He is uh, coming to us all the way from Miami, Florida, the owner of Global Premium Cigars and the man behind the illustrious 1502 brand, Mr. Enrique Sanchez. Woohoo! How you doing, guys? Everything well? Yeah. Doing well. Glad to have you. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me over. It's always a pleasure to be around you guys. Uh, maybe not physically, but, you know, the beauty of the Internet. So everything that's magic. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And uh, I, I think you and uh, our very own Alan uh, Friedman here know each other fairly well. Uh, Alan, but we get... I don't know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, my big brother Alan and we um, we gave Alan a special assignment on a quick review so we're going to let him uh, take the stage for a moment he's going to be reviewing none other than the 1502 Ruby uh, before we get into some questions for you and when have I ever done a quick review (laughs) good point Alan is going to do a detailed review I will change my wording Well, of course, the cigar I'm smoking right now and the cigar that I reviewed today, uh, the cigar of our show, is the Ruby 1502 from Global Premium Cigars. Now, because a cigar is more than just a cigar, even more than taste, a cigar is a story. Now, the founder of Global Premium Cigars, Enrique Sanchez, produces a line of cigars called 1502 in his home country of Nicaragua. Why 1502? Because Christopher Columbus discovered Nicaragua on his second voyage to the New World in the year 1502. Enrique produces the Emerald, the Ruby, the Black Gold, the Nicaragua, the Exo, and the Blue Sapphire. The 1502 Ruby is often referred to as the Red Label because of the Red Label and is blended to provide a medium smoking experience for lovers of Nicaraguan tobacco. 
all of Global Premium Cigar Offerings are made at Placencia Cigars S.A. in Esteli, Nicaragua, and distributed by Island Jim Robinson of 3R Cigars. The 1502 Ruby is an extremely well-made box-pressed cigar with a Sumatra wrapper hailing from Ecuador, draped over a binder and filler from Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. One of the most interesting features is what Enrique calls the cigar lock, that I can only describe as a small flap or slight fold in semi-closure at the foot of the cigar that protects the car from peeling, assists in humidity control, and assists the smoker in obtaining a perfect light, which ensures great flavor with the first puff. Now, the draw, the Ruby, the 1502, is just amazing. With one draw, this cigar immediately produces a large volume of light, pleasant smoke. Now, let me tell you about the taste profile. The 1502 Ruby is a medium-bodied smoke with a great deal of complexity. The flavors are extremely well-balanced with that earthy Nicaraguan flavor. Uh, A note of black pepper spice with a dark espresso bean and a rich dark chocolate. There's hints of sweet, raisin, prune, caramel, and even black cherry, all wrapped in a toasty slice of rye bread spread with creamy butter. Now, my tip to our listeners is that the 1502 Ruby must be enjoyed by the box full. This will quickly become your go-to cigar, a cigar you will want to enjoy with your friends. Now, I've known Enrique Sanchez and the 1502 brand for years, and the 1502 Ruby has been a favorite of mine and in my top 10 of my most enjoyed smokes. You can't go wrong with this cigar. And like Enrique says, it's not a cigar, it's a 1502. And if you don't believe me, just listen to this. Cigar Stop Magazine in 2013 rated the Ruby a 91 and in 2014 a 92. Smoke Magazine in 2017 rated the Ruby a 91. Cigar Journal has rated the Ruby as high as a 93. And it's placed in the top 25 cigars and best buys a number of times by Cigar Journal. Friends, you have got to try this cigar. What do you think of that, Enrique? Oh, I mean, you you, you got me sold. I mean, I'm looking forward to buy a box right now. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like you always do a great job with the description. I love how you you express everything. And the most important part, I really honored that you is one of your top ten. It should be top five, but you know, I'll take top ten. I'm not humble. <laughs> so thank oh, you for I that description. Top five. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I definitely. might even put it as number one. I like it even better. <laughs> and <laughs> actually, oddly enough, the, the 1502, <clears throat> 1502 Ruby Lancero was my very first introduction to 1502 cigars. Ah. And it was given to me by Ben. And actually, to this day, it's still my favorite. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like just about everything you make. But that one, that started it all. And that one's still the love affair. 
You're awesome. welcome. Now, I, I do have one question. Al Alan mentioned where 1502 came from, being that the year that Christopher Columbus discovered Nicaragua, but I've heard there may have been another reason why uh, 1502 was chosen. Well, there, there are a couple of reasons. Uh, and don't think about the, the, the pin for my credit card. My kids have used them many times. They try it. doesn't work. So, <laughs> no, it's not. And the, other, and the other reason is that, you know, uh, I was looking for 1501. It was taken. 1503 I didn't like, so I had to be 1502. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you, you got to go with what you can get, I guess. Of course. <laughs> give us, uh, give us a little bit of an idea of of the history of fifteen oh two and what what got you into the business. You know, it's very interesting because I got to the, in the industry, uh, to be honest, by mistake. Uh, actually, I was pushed to the industry by Don Nestor Placencia. He was uh, probably he he did saw something on me that I didn't see in, in, in myself at that time. And he was, uh, I remember I had a meeting with him about something related to tobacco, not necessarily with cigars. And I'm there trying to pitch my idea. And after a couple, probably 10, 15 minutes, and he's like, Enrique, stop it there. That business is not going to go anywhere. And I'm like, ah, oh, just try to persuade him a bit more. He's like, no, no, don't lose your time. Don't lose my time. And after that, he turns the table. I said, why don't you make your own cigar, my own blend? I'm like, I like to smoke everybody's cigars. And, uh, you know, I've been doing that. For, I've been enjoying cigars. And that time, it was around 25 years. So I like, I like, like, no, no, you know what? You can still do that, but I'm sure you will be very pleased doing the blending. And it's like, but I don't know anything about the blending. So it's like, don't worry about that. I have all the tobacco you need and have all the knowledge that, that it's needed to do a great cigars. So after, after a couple of minutes of him trying, now him trying to persuade me, and I'm like, you know, what can, what can go wrong here? I'm gonna. I was living in Managua at the time, so it was Managua to Esteli. It was almost uh, two hours and forty minutes drive. So it's like I would come here to Esteli more often, learn about the process, learn about the tobacco, even before I start doing the blending. And if it's not work, I'm gonna smoke a lot of cigars. So how can I go wrong with that? <laughs> so that's how how we get started with with the brand. Uh, I remember walking to the to the blending room in Placencia factory, uh, and working with uh, Ivan. And, and Ricardo, the two master blending, and to this day we we always work together. And I was blown away with what we created. Uh, that's how a uh, fifteen two Emerald, fifteen two Ruby, and fifteen two Black Gold was were born. Excellent. And uh, I think I got a pretty good look at the band. But for the benefit of those at home, what are you smoking tonight? Ah, I'm smoking a fifteen two. XO Lancero, one of my oh favorite vitolas. <laughs> uh, we, we do enjoy those around here. I have not had the the benefit of the Lancero yet, but that is my uh, my personal favorite cigar size. So I'll definitely be oh. on the hunt for that one. Uh, well, maybe because they're not being there, there was a release before the FDID day for a couple of the shops, and and on, most likely we're gonna be releasing them very soon. So good news. That will be a good news. So when you uh, approach blending a cigar like the XO, for instance, mm. that has such a complex blend, what kind of time and effort goes into that? You know, it's it's very tough to to measure that. Uh, 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 the, just the XO is to give you an example. It took me pro over three years in the making. Wow. A lot wow. of a lot of back and, and forward. A, a lot a lot of time. A, you you. You start creating because uh, everybody had their own technique of blending. 
I, I go every time in Nicaragua in Estelia, you know, always see the people in the blending room blending. I don't go to the blending room. Uh, only go there to have meetings or or, or, or enjoy a, a cigars or 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 or, or uh, see production. But I don't blend there. I blend anywhere I am. So what I do is I create a blend in my head. I know what I want. I know the the, the, the flavor profile of the tobacco. So just putting it together. Once I have the blend ready. I send it to the factory. Said, make me a, a ten prototype of this one. Different, di, di, different percentage in that. Different percentage in this. Uh, put this, uh, uh, this, this type of wrapper. Put this type of, of binder. Do all the blending in necessary, and put it in the aging room three to six months at least. After they're ready, either I go to Nicaragua or I'll find excuse to go back home always, or send send it over and I would do, I would put it in my humidor and I, I start doing the the, the, the testing. Uh, now the only reason I, I I like to take my time in that is that uh, I don't I'm not that expert. I mean, my father was oh my grandfather was never in the tobacco industry and so on so with my father, uh, so I had to experience that on my own. I, I I don't know if this blend is gonna taste great six months after, twelve months, eighteen months, or even five years after. So the only way to actually understand that is by trying it. But the downside of that is that it's gonna take a lot of time. And sometimes, you know, I got, I got blends. I've been working here from the beginning. Uh, they're probably eight years old already. And, you know, and, and I still smoke them. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't put this to the market. It's not, it's, it didn't, didn't uh, uh, get to the level and what we're looking for. We, we didn't get to the point and we're like, wow, that expression. So it's a lot of trial and error and you have to have the time. You know, sometimes uh, you do the blending, you think everything's great, but, you know, it gets to the point like there's something here missing. I used to, you have to throw everything away and I start from scratch again. So it's not it's not a, a, a time frame. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always working at least in ten different blends, and, and that's why I have in, in, in my in my my library, my my humidor here at home. Wow. Now, Alan, I know you're uh, a really big fan of the XO series, and you had a couple of questions about that. Why don't you take the wheel for a few minutes, Enrique? Before I even talk about the the XO, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Now, when you finally hit the blend and you go, this is it. This is this is what I want to put out. This is what I want to release. Do you do any kind of testing with groups of people to see what their response is? You know, it, it's a, that's a very interesting question. And, you know, there's some blenders in which they when they blend they blend for a specific market uh most most of the time they're very very knowledgeable people they know that type of soil what kind of it, it, this this kind of seed was going to produce in that soil all that and they say okay if we're going to blend for uh, for example for the mexican market they're going to put a lot more spice to it so and they blend directly for that one market and there are some blenders in which we blend for ourselves and hopefully for the entire world to actually enjoy it uh, I would, and I would consider those kind of blender and the blend a, a little bit more the artistic part, not much, or maybe not much of the knowledgeable in, 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 all, in all the characteristic uh, as, as a tobacco and soil as the, uh, as there is. But when we do, when I do the blending, I'm always thinking about what I like, what would I be doing. I don't think be, I'm not thinking about what the market's needing. I don't, I'm not thinking, oh, it's you know, it's a six by sixty ring gate. Let's do that. I don't, I've never been known to follow the market. Always been known to do the opposite. Sometimes that's that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. But that's that's me. 
when you try any of my blends, you actually trying something in which represent me as a, 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 as individuals. It represents me as a blender. It represents me as an owner of, of a cigar company. So, uh, and of course, once I'm almost to the end, always have a few uh, friends and I'm like, you know what, try this, see what, what you think. I remember one time I had a, a friend of mine, a very, very good friend of mine, Char, he's living in Vegas now, and he came over for dinner, with there after dinner, I grabbed one of all the XOs, I still have the coat, the, the white band coat, and I gave him, I said, like, what is this? Like, well, something, new. I'm working on it right now. I didn't tell anything about him. He just like was there to, talking. He he liked the cigar. He did the perf- first puff, and you can see his face completely flat. Like, okay. So I look at. I, I'm trying to read his his expression. And I'm like, Ricky, okay, this that's could be... the way Char looks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you got me in that one. No, but his, in that time I was like, that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. That kind of expression. And he like, what is this? I'm like. Well, something I'm working on it. I, I didn't want to give it that much information. And he's like, this is one of the best cigars I had tried in my life. I'm like, well, you want to you get started. Let's see how the, how it goes. And as it goes, he's like, oh, my God, it's incredible. That complexity. And he started describing everything I had in mind when I was do, working in the blend. So I'm like, you know what? Now it's, it's beautiful when, you, when you, you're on the other side and somebody is experiencing exactly the same path that you took in in the in the blending, in the blending process and he's actually enjoyed the part that was definitely a, a release in which like you know this is going to be a, a good blend uh, once we, we make the market but just capitalize i always blend for myself i always blend for what i believe it would make a little bit of of your life uh, nicer a little bit of your life uh, happier and that's what i follow i follow my heart all right now the xo mm. There's something very special. Well, there's a lot of things that are special about the the XO, and one of it is the 18-year-old tobacco. Oh yes. Now, how did you get Placencia to give you 18-year-old tobacco? You know, it's very interesting. From the beginning, when I start doing the blending and start learning, it's like it will be very cool, very. Uh, in, educated is if I can come out with a H tobacco or, or use a H tobacco to blend a, a, a cigar, and that's when I start doing my research. Now, being a boutique company of myself, like Global Premium Cigars, eh, we don't have them. We don't have to mass produce it. There's a, a lot of a, a, of of, of um, quality of premium tobacco in which the big guys over the years in which they have used their, their some leftovers. For those people to, to grab those the tobacco and, and, and mass produce it today, today it's going to be impossible. But for myself, as a boutique company, I was like, I can use that tobacco in which is taking space in your warehouse and you have no use for it right now, but let, let me work with that. The trick part of that, it was choosing the right tobacco because especially when you don't have the main, that much tobacco to, to, to work with. This is what we have, this is what we have, this is what we have, that's it. So, and remember, the Exode is not only one tobacco in which is 18. We're talking about at least four types of tobacco in which they're 18, 18, year, old, 18 year old, not the wrapper. The wrappers, we, we always push uh, the five years the most. But in, in the binders and the long fillers, it, at least there are four types of, of, of each tobacco there. So now, with the limitation of the quantity of tobacco or, or the variety of tobacco that we have there, it's, it's how can we create something great 
out of that limitation. And that was the toughest part of it. I got to the point, I remember working with Ivan Ricardo, and like, no, that's not ready. It's like, Enrique, there's nothing else we can do. We, and, 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 and I, I push them, push them to the limit, and they're like, and they, they came out with the, the, the last three prototypes. And then they, they even look at me and it's like, Enrique, now I understand. Like, okay. It's something that you you don't know how it looks, you don't know how it tastes, you don't know how to, how to feel, you don't know how, uh, the aroma, but you know it's there. Finding that experience, finding that moment, is one of the greatest things in in in, in, the, in the blending process, and that's one of the, the, the interesting part in the XO. Once they tried that one, and they're like, "Oh, it was there all the time." Yes, we only had to do it right. That's it. Now, the XO was also going to be a special cigar in the fact that you were only going to release one size a year. Yes. And something happened, you did release one size, and something happened, and you had to release everything. Tell us about that. The FDA. Yeah, well, the, it's, I believe uh, now in my company software, when the FDA came out with their, their new rules, so we had to come out with all the different sizes at once. So the idea of, of, of doing one Vitola per year, it was gone. So now what we do, it's, uh, we came out, I believe it was eight or nine Vitola, if I'm not mistaken. And, and um, the same amount of tobacco released every year, we're going to use it, but in different Vitolas. So and not everything is going to be released at once. Uh, last year, for example, we did release the, the Churchill side. And then in November, we did release the Salomon, in which is very slow, it's more wrong. Uh, I believe uh, maybe the Lancero or the, or, or the Toro uh, or the Russo Gordo is going to be released next. Uh, but they always small runs. I'm talking about uh, three, four hundred boxes uh, and the most, and that's it. I mean, once they're gone, you have to wait until the next production to come, come along. Now, it's also not an inexpensive cigar. Of course not. It's uh, for the quality you get here. It's ne- definitely not so expensive cigar whatsoever. Now, it's something very interesting, and, and, and people say, "Why? Why is the XO your masterpiece?" And like, okay, let's 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 give you a, a breakdown, and I will compare this to to music. I love music. I love the symphonies, and everything had to do with that. And actually, I do enjoy uh, most of my time with cigars with music. So. When, when, when you start with the, with the EXO, start with a little bit of the kick, a little bit of the spice, and after the second, third puff, that drops. And then little by little, you start feeling the different flavors. Start putting, 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 their, putting, putting, putting them together. And, and you have that, it's like a curve. This start going up, this start going down. It's like the symphony, like, like the, the director. He start playing with the, the, the saxophone, and then he start playing with the drummers, and then he start playing with the violins, then the piano, and they're putting all the symphony together as one. And to the second, third, you, you, you hear the explosion, and everything is, is tended to be online directly to enjoy the symphony as it is. Uh, but just that, the, the, the experience of building that step by step, and then you, you hear the saxophone, then you hear that, and you're like, oh my God, and just, and little by little, they're approaching, they're, they're putting everything together, and boom. It's amazing. So that was the, 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 the toughest part uh, uh, to make it with the XO, in which, I had, to be honest, I never, ever experienced in any other cigar in the world or, or, or my, my short 
uh, 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 live. So it's uh, that's why I said it's, still, it's my masterpiece so far. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, a lot of people told me I'm crazy when I brought that cigar in at that price because we're, we're literally talking a $20 cigar. And I said, Who's going to buy this? And we sold out of that cigar as one of the fastest selling cigars we ever put in the shop. Wow. It was incredible. And an honor and glad that that happened. And, and most important is the people experience. They had a wonderful experience. That's it's priceless. Well, and you briefly brought up the FDA in that situation. And I think we all here tonight have to give you props for what you came out and did. Uh, ben, I'm going to let you kind of uh, uh, take the questions from here, and uh, we'll, we'll dig into the FDA just a little bit. Okay. So, Enrique, first off, uh, thank you so much for coming on our show and, uh, and sharing your testimony with us. We really appreciate having you here. Thank you. Um, um, but I wanted to kind of get a little bit, a little bit personal um, in relation to as far as you representing your company, representing an industry, uh, and trying to hold our own um, ever since uh, May of 2016, when the FDA came down with this hammer and said, we're going to regulate everything. So it got us, it got the cigar industry in a frenzy. Um, yes. So I wanted to kind of go over a little bit. I'd like to start off with a quote that, um, that was written here, reported on Cigar Journal uh, that you had said, Enrique, and I want, I want to share that with the, with the listeners and with our staff here. Um, this, is, this is what you said. You said, quote, when I joined this beautiful industry, I promised myself that I would do whatever was necessary to make the cigar industry better and leave a legacy for my kids to carry on in life. Today, that dream is in jeopardy due to the FDA's deeming regulations, and I feel I have the obligation to protect our industry, lifestyle, consumers, clients, friends, and our family from these terrible threats. It's time for action. Talking belongs in the past. Um, I found that to be a very inspiring and patriotic statement on how you approach not just making cigars and, and, and the camaraderie of sitting together in cigar shops, but the fact that the FDA puts that lifestyle and that type of, of, of togetherness in jeopardy. Um, and that the FDA, um, you had mentioned, actually violates both the First and the Fifth Amendments. Um, you know, and, and how you were the first to pioneer a lawsuit um, against the FDA and said, out of the crowd of all these massive cigar industry giants, you stood up out of the crowd and you said, this is wrong, and the FDA doesn't have a right to do this. And against this massive panel of lawyers and 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 all and all the stuff that the FDA with the government was bringing down, you said this was not right. We shouldn't have yeah. to stand for this. Um, and then people started following suit. So you were the spear point to protect our freedoms, our rights, um, and and our lifestyle. That it is not illegal. We, it is it is a legal product, and we have the legal right to enjoy it as we see fit. So um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough on behalf of what little part of the industry I am as a consumer and as friends on this podcast or whomever, uh, that that was a, a very bold and brave move that you did. Um, 
So uh, to, to that end, I want to kind of uh, touch basis in, you know, over the years, I've seen more and more of the cigar industry uh, come out and, and push against the FDA and try to fight the regulations bit by bit. Um, in, in your, as it sits currently and going forward, how do you see your business growing um, and with, is it FDA loosening its grip against your production and your expansion or is it, uh, or are you still fighting tooth and nail and being charged heavy fines and things like that? Oh, ooh, where should we start there, huh? Well, first of all, uh, filing against the FDA was not, it was not a C decision. That, that for sure, that's, uh, that uh, was, a, I think, was one of the toughest things uh, in all decisions that had made uh, joining this industry. Uh, it's, I, I came from Nicaragua here to make a living. I came to Nicaragua here to raise a family and find myself in a position in which, in which I had to fight uh, sadly, I had no other options, uh, and and the most and, and the sad part is that uh, being as a boutique company, uh, trying to a small company like myself, trying to uh, take over this fight or, or start this fight, it, it was very it, it is a very risky move. Uh, it, it, could, it could definitely it, it means that the, the end of, of my company as as we know it. Uh, so, but and the, at the same time. A, of not doing anything, it was a lot more risky. And I did remember looking at my, my kids, looking at my wife, and, and, and before we were talking about was was Frank Herrera, uh, Jim Robinson, remember we had the meeting, what to do, how can we do it? And I said, well, you know what, let's go. Because of that, we had no option. Uh, if, if, if I would have liked some, somebody else to take that, that, the flame, definitely. Trust me, it's it, it was not an easy decision, but I'm glad that 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 we did it. I'm glad that we were the, the first one to to to, to spark the, the, the flame for everybody. Start doing that. I start seeing social media. Everybody, what, what can we not? Why are we not doing anything? I've been hearing this for for years, even before I got to the industry, that this is, this was coming in, and months after, nothing happened. No one took action. It's like that's why I said, well, you know what? If they don't take the first step, we will take the, the first step. And, and that's what that we did. Uh, it, that was that definitely it's, it's something that we love doing it. No, but someone had to do it from the beginning. Uh, and uh, the FDA regulation definitely it, it came to effect. Uh, we did push it three years. It was a lawsuit in which that definitely it was a giving. It was a big winning for the industry itself. Uh, but at the same time, but the many other things in which we had to uh, comply, and it does it definitely it, it raised our cost. Uh, it does it limited our, our creativity, our, 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 produ- our production in general. So we had to be a lot more careful of what to do. Remember, a boutique company like myself, we only get one chance. One production goes wrong, and there goes the entire company. We have no, no we have no space for mistakes. We play a skin every day. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. And you know what the the, the, the sorry part? When, when we throw the lawsuit, a lot of people, they turn their back on us. Retailers and, and manufacturers. And to this point, uh, you know, when, when the lawsuit came out, uh, that year for my sales, when, uh, just about, it was very small growing. A big uh, uh, retailer said, you know, they even, they even respond to my emails anymore. 
Why? I don't know. But in the end, I did feel that I did the right, the right thing to do. I did the right thing to do, and I have no regrets. Incredible. Um, well, you have our gratitude and our support uh, in any way that we can help you with what little influence that we may have. Um, you, you, you are a perfectionist, as I've read from uh, reviews online. You know, and again, you also, like you said, you don't have room for error uh, in this industry. It is a delicate balance. Um, you even have another quote um, that ties to that that says, I have faith in the U.S. legal system and in the American people, and I know together we can make a difference. And I think it's that togetherness, that cohesiveness, uh, the esprit de corps that we come together as an industry as one and that we're not intimidated by any FDA or government, uh, government sanction uh, to take that freedom away from us. Um, so making cigars is an artisanal horticulture. It is, it is historic and ties back hundreds of years, long before the FDA was ever founded. Um, and it's not their place or their right to tell us that we don't have the right to enjoy that. Um, exactly. So um, I also wanted, I want you to talk just a little bit, if you don't mind, and take a couple of minutes. Um, I wrote an article uh, on our website, Cigar Tipsters, and I titled it, uh, it's in Latin, but it's Salus Populi Suprema Lex Esto. And what that means is that the welfare of the people should be the supreme law. Um, in, on your website, uh, under the philanthropy link, you mentioned, uh, it looks like you're part of two different organizations, uh, Project Manana and then Light Up Charlotte. Um, essentially what the article is trying to say is that, you know, in this industry, not only are, you know, we're grateful for our fans and to be successful uh, and to make the cigars, but we have a, we have an obligation to give back to the people. And I'm looking at these two and I, I don't know too much about them. So could you just tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about those two projects? You know what? I believe now in this industry, we owe part of this society. Uh, and the, the most, the sooner that we get, uh, a, a, we understand that is the sooner that we're going to be a, come together as one in society. Uh, the philanthropic part always has been from, from since I was in, in high school, or not even high school, in primary in, in Nicaragua, I was taught that way. I was raised Catholic and, 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 and Catholic by choice today. Uh, and that's how they, they told me. It's like always do something for other people as well. If you are blessed, bring the blessed or part of the blessing to others as well. So it always, even before I got to the industry in Nicaragua, Hoy Por Mañana, it's an organization in which I was the vice president, in which I had to give the seat away because I was no longer going to live in Nicaragua, I was going to live here in the United States. Uh, but that's what we did, uh, get uh, ladies, uh, young ladies, in which they were abused. And much of those ladies, uh, they were abused by their own family related. Uh, the people, ladies with very, very low uh, incomes, uh, actually very poor people, and they had nowhere to go. So we had a hoster house, uh, which is uh, it's still until today it's still uh, managed by, by nuns, Catholic nuns, and they will help them to to become uh, uh, become better with the problems, and also later on to learn thing, uh, uh, manual things, technician, uh, uh, technical parts, and everything, so they can be good to society and turn and bring back something back to society as as the self. Uh, it's something very noble. It's something that I definitely would love to be more involved to it. But since I'm uh, many miles away, I, it's very hard to follow up with that one. But every time I had a chance, we always go back. Uh, Leather Charlotte, uh, that, was, that was definitely a great activity that we, we did for two or three years in a row, uh, supporting the event. It was it's, it's, it always getting back something to society 
in, in Charlotte, in North Carolina. Uh, Sally, that w- did, did not continue. That was now it was not carry on. Uh, but uh, we always have been looking. We always been trying to help the most people that we can. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. And I'll add my two cents. That light up Charlotte event was fantastic. I remember, I remember those days, Alan. And Ben, you mentioned the the philanthropy <coughs> philanthropic uh, section of the website, and of course, you know, if you want to learn more about that stuff and all the blends that we've kind of talked about tonight, be sure to hit up globalpremiumcigars.com. We'll also put a link to it over on cigartipsters.com and we'll send a blast out on social media. Uh, Now, Senior here is kind of our forward-thinking guy on the show, so he always likes to talk a little bit about uh, what may be happening in the future. So, uh, Senior, take it. Thank you. Uh, first, I'd like to echo everything that uh, the rest of the group has said. We greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us. And during the conversation around the XO, uh, you made the, the comment that that was your masterpiece, but you left it a little open-ended that so far. So <laughs> what, uh, what, what can we be expecting as some new blends in the future to look forward to? Well, like I said, I'm always working. If you don't believe me, ask my kids. They said I don't work, I only smoke cigars. But, you know, that's what they say. What can I say? <laughs> so, sounds like a tough job. I know. That, that's, that's, uh, yeah, well, it, it, someday they, they will understand. I, I hope so. But, yes, I always work in different blends. Uh, part of me is always trying to find something that has not been discovered. Always, uh, I was, with the blending, you can compare it a lot with the with the, uh, chef. I always go out with the, the same question: How many chefs are in the world? I don't know, hundred thousands. Or I don't know, because I'm a, I don't millions chef. I don't know how many of those are great chefs. And that's when it gets tricky, because they all have, use the same ingredients. No, none of the chefs had the, like the special salt that comes from space in which you want to create their food. Wonderful. Everything they have there, everybody can access to it. Some better than others, but everything is there. But what's make one greater than the other? It's what to do with those combined when everything, they, they, they're, the materials they put together and they combine it and create something wonderful. So as, as a blender, always looking for that. Always in the search, in the, in the hunt to see what is the great thing coming out. That's why I said... Uh, the XO is my masterpiece so far. I'm sure later on, in one, one, one of the, the, the toughest parts of Blender is that you, own, you, you raise your own bars. So the next one, it has to be better and always better and always better. And it's going to take tougher because you're always competing against yourself. But just the, the road of trying to find that missing part of, of, of something you're going to enjoy of your life is part of, of, of the greatness of, 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 as a Blender. Well, you've definitely raised the bar with the XO, so I I look forward to what comes out next and for the future. Uh, the other question I had was more around global. You know, what's your uh, what's your vision for it going forward? Well, there's a reason why I named my company Global Premium Cigars, being as a boutique company. I mean, it sounds not only sounds like wow, it's a big company, which is not, but uh, the idea is to become global. Uh, I'm not saying that everywhere, everybody in the world is going to have uh, uh, our product, 
but the idea is that the, and the more places we're gonna we're gonna have them, the better it will be for for everybody to enjoy it. So uh, we're growing. We are now only growing in the in the United States market, and we is is a primary market, but also growing in other markets, uh, Europe, uh, we in, in in Africa, Asia. We're we're still negotiating a, with a couple of distributors. So uh, Latin America is so it's always a growing market. So we're always there. We always have a space to grow, a space to get better and better and better. And that's always going to be our goal. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, thank you for your time. And I'll hand it back to Junior there. All right. I had a, uh, we had on last, <clears throat> the last show that we actually did, we had a topic come up about uh, what we like to smoke in the morning. And I wondered if you had a particular cigar, whether it's yours or anyone else's for that matter, that is kind of your go-to morning smoke and um, what's your thoughts on that? Amaro, say no more. That I blend that cigar to be my breakfast cigar, my starting day cigar. That one after my breakfast was a cappuccino. Oh my God. It's for me. That's how I do start my day. Sometimes when when I'm working specific thing and I have the almost to, to, to the last curve, I start. I do it like to enjoy the, those in the morning, so I have a clean palate. So it helps me in the rest of the day. But normally, it's always the, the fifteen to emerald. Emerald. I have to take note of that. I'm always looking for a, a good morning cigar. Oh, you're gonna love that one, especially if you if you like coffee. It's magnifico. Enrique, oh, yeah. can I ask you a question? Uh, your you sell gourmet coffee, and it's in a green bag that represents. That looks like it's the Emerald Band. Is that a coincidence? No, it's not. Actually, uh, that that coffee is is made by by a good, a good friend, Colin Garland. That now he lives in Nicaragua, and we they working a pro in a project in which it was to make that uh, do a blend coffee specific for the Emerald mm. breakfast cigar. So okay. they both go hand by hand. So there's a tie there. Okay, of course. Let's make sure. Enrique, where can we buy that Emerald coffee? Either you can you can find it in in, in, the, in your local shop, or you can go to our website. They, we have uh, uh, online uh, sales, not cigars, only uh, accessories on coffee. For example, there are free to two ashtray, free to two coffee cutters, poster, many other things. Uh, or in the shops order directly; they, they they have it there as well. We mentioned uh, globalpremiumcigars.com. Are you active on uh, any of the various social media sites? And all of them. You know, as my kid, they say I only play video games in my, in my tablet all day long and smoke cigars. No, actually, I'm working on social media. I like the, the, the beautiful <laughs> the social media that I can actually integrate with our clients, with our consumers. I can follow up, see what experience, what they're doing. Uh, and sometimes it, I, people say, well, I did try 1502. Uh, it was not for me. It's like, which one did you try? And uh, what time of the day you try for it? What kind of strength you like in cigar? Well, I like, I like full, uh, f- uh, full body. Well, maybe the Emerald was not the one, the best for you to try. You should go directly to the black gold or the blue sapphire. I was like, oh, I don't know. Once they try it, like, there you go. So that part, it's, it, it's me. I love, I'm a people person. I love uh, talking with people. I love chatting with people. I love, Getting their feedback, I love to uh, responding to the to the question. So in all the social media, everything is fifteen or two cigars. Even Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, all that, and and, and that ones always responding to it. 
definitely. Um, the um, I know there's some stuff coming up like the big smoke and things like that. Or are you going to be participating in any of these uh, or any events that we need to know about? You know what? In, I know we're not participating in the big smoke. Uh, I guess we're not that big yet. We'll see later on how how, how, how our growth get. Uh, but there are many other events that we always go directly. Uh, I do try to get the most rich with people in in in, in the in, in the time we have, uh, and a lot of this event you kind of lack of that. You know, you go see them passing by, get a cigar, hi, thank you very much, and, and go. I like to, to 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 meet people more. I want to get more of the experience, how they get started enjoying cigars. What's their favorite cigars? Why do they enjoy cigars? Uh, you know, all those kind of questions is, is, is something it helps me get better in my blending, get, get better in, in, in what I love doing is cigars. So uh, I do prefer more the, the, the one-on-one or more a small crowd events. Yeah, I think actually all all four of us here originally met you at a Chattanooga tweet up, uh, which for those who haven't been is a, is a pretty intimate cigar event uh, yes. that we were all big fans of. And yeah. definitely, uh, once again, that is globalpremiumcigars.com at 1502 Cigars on Twitter if you want to speak directly to the man himself. But more than anything, on behalf of us all, I want to thank you again for being here tonight. Yes, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Enrique, next time you're in town, come by for dinner. Oh, trust me, I'll definitely do so, sir. We're spending the you. night. I like that even better. All right. Well, we definitely appreciate having you on the show, and we thank everybody for listening. This has been the Cigar Tips Podcast, and have a great evening.